Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Dollars and Cents, your financial podcast. Um, you talk about, you know, financial matters affecting millennials and behemoths at large. So we're here with another episode. I'm here running point guard today in the options of Kalal at an urgent meeting. But I'm here with Jay. Yeah, so. Definitely. And so we have a special guest inside the studio today. We have uh, Mr. Jerome Franks. He is recently or the recently elected president of the CFA Society. He is um, a CPA and a CFA. Um, Shameless plug, the youngest CFA and CPA in the country. So, you know, and he's a millennial. So, you know, with persons like us that are doing big things in our community and indeed our country. And he still have his hairline, so that means that (laughs) (laughs) he he managing through all that pressure. Yeah, that's a good thing. Hey, what's happening, man? Y'all too too kind to go out. Okay, man. So we right here. So what we want to do um, this, um, this episode, we want to talk, like you said, a lot about some more stuff um, pertaining to finances with a lot of millennials. We have uh, some good points we want to talk about, you know, top paying jobs, how selecting your career is going to be very important, the stuff that you should look at when looking for a career. Definitely going to talk about the resurgence of the cable Bahamas shares. You know, a lot of persons didn't notice there's been a lot of information or a lot of stuff transpired since our last episode with cable Bahamas shares and something that we can definitely look at. And definitely in last, we're going to talk about financial unrest. Among Bahamians and millennials on the job, talk about the pay scale in the country, persons how me may feel disgruntled and stuff like that. So we're going to talk about Everybody all those minimum stuff. Minimum wage increase or mm-hmm. just pay increase in general. Talk about all those stuff, and then of course, definitely we want must share a special shout out to Investar, Investar Securities Limited. Um, they're still offering um their mutual funds, their Titan um Global Fund and Title Balance Fund. Yes, sir. So you know, take a look at it as well. Like I said, they are monthly subscriptions, so every month you can subscribe into the Titan funds at Titan Securities Limited on Bay Street. Amen. Uh, but before we get in, I mean, Mr. Jerome, you good, man? You good? Yeah, man. I'm I'm just happy to be here. Um, I appreciate you guys inviting me. You know, I listened to a couple of the episodes you had already. You know, I think it's a great thing you guys are doing, um, keeping people informed, discussing uh, you know, a variety of topics, keeping the conversation going because... I think a lot of young people, old people too, like don't talk about finances yeah. probably as often as they should mm. or maybe not as candid um, when they do have that conversation. So, you know, it's definitely a good way to start the conversation, keep it going, get millennials engaged. Um, and I think I think it's definitely going to have a positive result. Any, any, yeah, man. Um, like you mentioned at the beginning, you're the youngest CPA and CFA. Like, what what was the the thought process behind that, or the thinking to say, you know what, I only can stop at one. Like, I want to get out too. And like, what inspired just you choosing that direction to go in? Well, I guess those were two passions that I that I had, right? Accounting mm-hmm. and finance. And so my degree was in accounting. And I think I think this this kind of um, relates to one of the topics we're going to discuss today 
but you know I made a decision at a young age like which which path in terms of um, my degree mm. would give me the higher highest probability of success in the Bahamas because um, I had intent well, my intentions were to come back home to work okay so that that kind of led me along the accounting path but I saw the the uh, passion for finance and investments so I knew I knew that I wanted to do both and from that from that take as well for me not only doing accounting because there's a lot of accountants here yeah. uh, I saw the CFA as a way to diversify my skills and I also saw it as a path that I would eventually want to take career wise too so kind of that was my plan and it kind of worked out that way in a sense okay so you would say um, passion was one of the big factors in choosing that career field or that way to go for you yeah yeah definitely passion I think I think one can be successful with either either path mm. but for me passion kind of drove me to both mm. what about the money like the, that CPA and that CFA behind your name that should that, that should have been a good little look for your for your bank was that any influence at all like you're like if I get if I get a CPA that's cool but if I get the CFA I mean for the people that don't know what is the CPA and the CFA break that down for them those acronyms like what do so, you mean the CPA certified public accountant mm-hmm. and CFA chartered financial analyst okay right um, I know we'll get into the CFA a little bit more later because we have the um the CFA kickoff event coming up next week. I'll give more details about that later. Okay. But I guess just to touch briefly on both, the, the CPA is an actual license to practice accounting. Um, it's a U.S. license, and most people normally, the normal path for accountants is to get your U.S. license and then eventually get your local um, chartered accountant license from Bahamas Institute of Chartered Accountants. Uh, with the with the CFA, uh, like I said, we get into it more later, but it's more so geared towards investment managers, uh, people within the investment management field, whether it be analysts, uh, research. You know, it's a var- variety of different things that people do, but as far as investment management go, the CFA is like the gold standard in terms of designations. Mm, so yeah. if, if anybody want to be an analyst or deal with that, they got to they gotta aim for that. You should in for that. You yeah. should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So what we want to do, like I said, we're going to go to the first topic for the day. So, you know, many persons ask, you know, what are some of the top paying jobs in the world or in, in, in the Bahamas? And so, you know, one of the things is, like, you know, one of the things that we have a little lack of in the Bahamas is proper statistics and racket keeping so yeah. you know it's, it's kind of it's always that gray area when you try to get certain information you know because you know we, we millennials so you know we go to the google <laughs> and whatever the google come up with that's what we believe is gospel <laughs> but it's not always the case and so persons ask you know so if persons did a simple google search in terms of what's the top paying jobs in bahamas right they would say that the top five paying jobs in the bahamas are all in the medical field Mm-hmm. Um, a website that I, I I will give reference to, Job Seeker. You know, it says that physicians are clinical psychologists, a physician who is a dermatology, a physician of infectious diseases, medicine. I'm um, sorry, medicine physician and a critical care unit. Like these are to the world that appears to be the top paying positions or sorry, top paying jobs in the Bahamas. Now, what are your views on top paying jobs, Jay, in the Bahamas? I feel like 
our country or basically the society has been trained to to respect certain fields and certain pay scales so we know that uh, the medical the medical professions they tend to be the top paying jobs or they tend to be um, seen as the top paying jobs now um, we know that the climate for medical professions right now kind of be difficult it is kind of difficult with um, them fighting for certain rights but we know that (laughs) Because of their specialties or their studies, they have the highest, one of the highest earning potentials over here. Yes. Because um, you might get started out as a senior house officer, but then as you further your education and specialize, you can go into your own private practice, things like that. So we know that as far as doctors, medical professions, even down to the um, dentists, Mm -hmm. they have some of the highest earning potentials because these things that that we need, we we can't go without. You can't go around. Um. Boy, I don't. I, I, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think the top paying jobs are necessarily necessarily just limited to doctors. Because I really yeah. would just group that as doctors. Yes. Right? Yeah. Agree. So, apart from doctors, what are what are other? No, I'd say one of. They yeah. would say they right. would say the financial field. Yeah. Um, engineering as well. In the Bahamas, and that, that's the general consensus. What I was able to find from persons, you know, say top-paying professions in the in the country. All right. So the first thing is we got to put it in context. What mm-hmm. what is a top-paying job? Okay. What, because top-paying may be mean different things for different people. That might be that, that <laughs> might be true. Definitely, because like okay, the national average of salary, you know, some statistics I've seen. World Bank has stated before a little over twenty eight thousand. I've even seen some that has thirty three thousand two hundred fifty as the average. So that's the average. So to say mm-hmm. top paying jobs. Now there may be or there I'm sure that there are persons out there that fresh will say a bachelor's or master's degree that out here in the Bahamas making probably forty five, fifty five grand on the jump. That's, you know, that's a possibility. Those stuff do happen. Is it common? I beg to differ. But those are appear to be by most people, you know, top tier if you fresh out of college with limited experience that that is going to be your annual salary is like around forty five, fifty five thousand dollars $55,000 a year. Right, but that's starting, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say five to ten years in. Because um, most people, all right, that forty five to 55 in Nassau, uh, I think that's very uncommon. I know some people mm-hmm. that do it. Yeah. But saying you fresh out of college with no experience to come to Nassau and make that. Um, Good luck. Assuming, assuming you don't have, like, you know, some family arrangement or a hookup or anything like that. It, it's very uncommon. It's very uncommon. <laughs> not saying it's not possible. I know. Mm-hmm. But as in the small uh, minority, uh, I think by Nassau standards, honestly, you know, high 20s, low 30s, Honestly, if, if you could get that fresh out of college, no experience with a regular degree, not a medical degree, but a, a regular degree, by Nassau standards, that's 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 pretty good. Pretty decent. More than how much I was making fresh out of college. Fresh out of college with, you know, this big degree with graduating with honors, man. You couldn't tell me I wasn't coming over to make 40 grand a year. Oh, I had a good friend that tell me, say, yeah, well, you can see. <laughs> well, I got slapped with one, $17,500 a year. And I was like, wow. You know, but that's how it is around here. Well, yeah, and, and if you think about it, I mean, no disrespect to nobody making 17, but 17, what? Bro, hey, trust me, it's real. Like, and I mean, like, I guess everyone, you got a, there's a starting point. Yeah. And I, and I look at it like definitely the way, boy, something that 
you know, would I would I want to change it? Possibly, yeah. The sorry, but am I happy now? I say yeah because you know it gives you a greater appreciation of I okay how far you've come yeah. and what you can do to prepare yourself. And so, like I tell persons all the time, like you know, yes, you may not be making what you want fresh or get or at whatever stage in your career, but that doesn't give you a reason to say okay, I about to give up, I could park up shop and move away or move here or there. Always ways you have to be innovative to make it happen, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I would say so in Nassau terms, I consider decent a high well not I mean not say decent, high paying jobs, maybe like eighty thousand and up over a mm-hmm. hundred grand. Yeah. That's um, that's decent. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think relative to Nassau I think I think eighty thousand eighty thousand is um, pretty good. Uh, definitely over a hundred thousand is good in most places. Right? Mm-hmm. You could you could make that. You don't necessarily have to be in the medical field to make that. There's a lot of people that make that kind of money over here um, that aren't in the medical field. Uh, lucrative areas include like compliance. compliance yes, compliance yeah, is a big area that makes extremely boring. But it makes a ton of money. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know? And then if you if you look at it, compliance getting in demand right now with a, with all with all the rule changes and what's not. Like every once you deal with money to a certain extent, you automatically need a compliance officer or a compliance department. So you always in demand if that's yeah. your field. Definitely, like FATCA, FATCA compliant, all those stuff. So you know, like you know, from yeah. a counter perspective, and, you know that they, I think they're personal, they're personally liable for a lot of stuff too. So mm-hmm. you know, they have to factor that into it. Um, other high paying fields are IT. Uh, also, of course, lawyers. Everybody know lawyers make a lot of money, but I think surprisingly, a lot of young lawyers probably don't make as much as you would probably think. Yeah, think yeah. Is is probably a lot of times yeah. the the higher the higher ranking lawyers yeah you got I, I, I think you gotta work your way up with, with them right and and of course accountants I mean I, I, I <laughs> and, and, of, and of course the, the, the CPAs <laughs> accountants accountants do well don't don't mind well what they may say and even outside of your base salary for accountant you could like pick up clients on the side and what's not do outside work things like that so yeah, all, once you once you have your your local um License, you have mm. like a license. You you could do whatever type of work on the side. Yeah. So I, I think one of the common factors with the top end jobs are jobs that that garner the most is the the option to work outside of your nine to five per se. Mm-hmm. So whereas say an accountant, if you work in an accounting firm, you could pick up another client. If you're a doctor or in the medical field, you could always open up a side practice. Lawyers, we know that outside of the firm, you can do your own work. So it's like don't. Those fields that give you the option not only to work for somebody but also work for yourself, I think those they look like they often tend to be that top end. Yeah, well, that's definitely for true. So, like, I wanted like one of the things that we always want to do, and like I told from we started, we told our listeners that Dollars and Cents is going to be a show where you can learn and get insight on finances locally in the Bahamas and what's going to be or what could possibly be very beneficial for you. And so there has been a lot of development going on in the local market that you may or may not be aware of. You know, a lot of stuff has been happening, but, you know, you may just see it on the news, but, hey, it's really some real stuff really happening in the background. And so Cable Bahamas 
definitely made some moves in the past month, you know, which has been brought to the light in the public. And so one of the things that, you know, persons have realized that, okay, that there was a, a, a big drop inside the uh, Kale share since the emergence of a life yeah. in terms of building capital, whatever, to pretty much to hold the hands of a life until they get up and running to be uh, self-sustained. You know, so but there has been some developments that I will let Jay or Jerome divulge in this talk about the possible resurgence of Kale Bahama shares. You know, so that's what we're going to do because, like I say, that's big right now. So, Jay, would you you remember you heard what was going on in the news recently about Kale Bahamas? Now, I didn't do too much research. Like, I, I hear that they are picking up, they are doing some moves, and I really wasn't watching it since, since we know that the dip happened with Alive, but them really trying to make that company come up so Jerome you up on this yeah so so basically what happened was so the cable Bahamas group is really comprised of um the the cable TV services um and everything that is involved with that like the line line that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. alive Mm -hmm. and summit broadband which is their Florida play where they essentially tried to their, their their core business as it is pretty much matured for this market. Yeah. So they saw a move into Florida, the Florida market, as a way to potentially grow the company. Uh, the issue that they faced was that trying to develop a company in that market required a significant amount of capital. So, you know, I believe they put in maybe about a hundred million of their own money and borrowed another hundred million. So, Sheesh. in addition to that, and also, and also the, um, I think part of the reason, and I could be wrong, but part of the reason for going into Florida was because they weren't sure if they were going to get the live, uh, I guess, the live license. Mm. Um, so, between a live and summit, it was sucking up a lot of their capital. That's why. They had put out so many preference shares, mm-hmm. and I can't remember the exact amount of debt they had on their books, but it was it was a significant amount, and they've been in the red now, from, uh, probably longer than shareholders would have liked to see. And because of all of this, they had stopped paying dividends. Mm-hmm. So the high cost of capital from the debt, uh, alive, alive. Uh, taking losses pretty much in the first couple of years. All that combined uh, really saw a dip. Well, not a dip, but a significant decrease in, yeah. their, in their earnings. And as a result, they stopped paying dividends. People started selling the shares. And the shares eventually ended up about close to, I think it was about 221 before they sold it or around there by the time they sold it. Uh, by selling by selling um, Summit, I think they sold it. I think the paper said about three hundred and thirty-three million. So, out that thirty three hundred thirty-three million, um, like I said, they put in about a hundred million of their own money and borrowed a hundred million. So when you take out that two hundred million, yeah, that's a hundred you know million I mean? profit. It's about one hundred and thirty million worth of profit, mm-hmm. and that's probably going straight to the bottom line. Uh, what they decide to do with it, you know, that's up to them. Most likely, pay off some of the debt. Uh, but the but the thing about it is now they're now refocused on the cable company aspect of it and a live aspect of it. So it's like a big burden lifted, and you know, they're expected to be returned to 
uh, profitability and likewise they're expected to start paying dividends so you're going to see a jump in their in their share price in fact you're already starting to see it i think i did like i said at the time they announced it i want to say the price was around 221 or so last i checked at, at the time of this recording it was about 281 and that's like maybe like a week afterwards yeah and i know I'm, i i could almost guarantee well, not guarantee but i know for sure that it's going you know well above that yeah you know if you go in business right now and look on the kill bahamas all you're going to see is buy orders yeah uh so it's it, for those who were able to get into it or you know invest in it before before the sale was announced mm-hmm. or even if you're able to get into it you know while it's still relatively low yeah you know there's money to be made because it's selling right now on b6 at 280 cents, and so pretty much like it's something that i think that a lot of listeners should really look into setting up on um, your brokerage account you could go to any of the brokerage houses like we said before you could see file Ralph fidelity also has a brokerage um um department where you can set up your accounts there and be able to just purchase and advise your financial advisor or security specialist who works at these companies that hey i want to open up my brokerage account i want to get x amount a shares in Caleb Bahamas and look at it I, I mean so I have this question for you Jerome if someone or uh, definitely listen with Ox would they would you advise them that the Caleb Bahamas shares considered what a short term medium or long term investment uh I mean that's kind of that's kind of difficult to answer like I would never give somebody a blanket uh advice like that mm-hmm. because it, it, a lot of times no, investments are really based on a particular person. Without yeah. knowing anything about the person, their circumstances, anything like that, you know, cable might be too risky for them. So it's difficult to say that, but I would say in in isolation, if if you are able to get in under three dollars right now, yeah, you know, I'm 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 highly confident. You know, there, there's a is a very decent percentage to be earned right okay so i i, don't, I wouldn't want to get into saying yeah you should go buy it for yeah, x yeah. amount of time you know what i mean makes sense best but, thing best thing for people to do speak with your financial advisor get their advice and you know this talk about it is not necessarily meant to give financial advice so mm-hmm. let me just say that yeah <laughs> send that sure disclaimer that, out there yeah, no, this, is, this is not considered <laughs> advice this this is a suggestion right. you might get one to do your own research talk yeah, to your own advisor might, my uh, opinion on it yeah uh-huh. um but i definitely say speak with your your financial advisor uh get some advice as to whether or not it makes sense um i think a couple lot of um stocks you know you have to look to see what makes makes the most sense if you see the thing about it is the problem with cable at this point in time everybody is trying to buy mm-hmm. so yeah, it's going to be difficult yeah. to get into it the best time to buy in business is when everybody trying to sell mm-hmm. so you know what I mean it's so funny because see the trend on business right like you know at work would we, we laugh about all the time like a lot of people are selling around back to school time in the local exchange you know that's when that's when the most frequent amount of activity because the the, the running joke is that okay people trying to get money to take their uh-huh. turn back to school and so that's when the local market went a lot of persons sell because okay they want some money to go out to school so like it's so ironically so that hey school about to start next week and so you know so like look at the market trends and look at what's going on now so if you're trying to buy 
this is a good time you could possibly look because there's definitely i'm sure that there's persons that they're willing to sell now if they're going to sell their shares and cable take a look at it right right uh i like like you know the saying goes um luck is preparedness meets opportunity so if you have definitely. like cash you know opportunities always present itself it is more so on you to do the research uh, educate yourself and put yourself in a position to take advantages. Mm-hmm. I mean, take advantage of opportunities as they as they present themselves. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, that's definitely true. Now, you, like, there was also is there the CFA Society? Like, I mean, just give our listeners a bit like what the CFA Society is all about, what stuff for events they do. Like, I know they had some seminars what they did in the past at right. University of the Bahamas. Like, I mean, just give the listeners like pretty much a rundown insight on what the CFA Society is about. Sure. Well, the CFA Society of the Bahamas, we're a nonprofit organization. Uh, our objective really is to promote best practices within the industry, uh, promote uh, ethical practices, ethical standards, and promote the CFA program. Uh, like I mentioned before, the CFA designation is seen as the gold standard within the investment uh, industry. So that's that's one of our, our big objectives. Uh, things that we do, like for instance, like I mentioned uh, earlier, we have our kickoff event, which is usually the first big event that we have each year. Mm-hmm. So at that event, we pretty much go through the CFA program. It's an information session on the CFA program, the CFA Foundation's certificate. Uh, we also discuss other initiatives that we have going on, such as the the research challenge, which involves the University of Bahamas students, uh, as well as as, as well as uh, resources and support that we provide for candidates, uh, if one is interested in taking the the CFA exam, you know there there are opportunities for scholarships, uh, and that's something that we also discuss. Uh, yeah, and like I said, the event the Get event is uh, September fifth, Thursday. Other stuff that the CFA Society um, that we normally do, apart from the kickoff event, we have a financial literacy series. Yeah, that's yeah, normally, I remember that. Yeah, that's normally in the spring. So we discuss a variety of topics, including uh, budgeting, investing, mortgage, pensions, uh, those Ooh. kind of things. Uh, I think most people most people find it very beneficial. Uh, yeah, I I think I attended a few at, the, at UB, and they were pretty packed. I yeah. know. Most of, most of those seminars, they were filled. Like people, they had people sitting in the back or standing in the back. So you know that they there are people that looking for this information. You know, but that's a good thing mm-hmm. that the CFA Society assists in that or they see that need. Yeah, so that's like one of our community events. So the, and that's that's normally free. Uh, we also have an ethics event that was a huge uh, hit last year, which we plan to do again uh, this coming year in the spring. Uh, discuss a variety of different ethical uh, scenarios and kind of get feedback from the audience as to like what decision would you make in this situation to get people uh, to really think about it so it's, it's very it's a very hands-on uh, seminar very uh, interactive okay so we'll definitely we look forward to that like I think you know like I said that's the key right there 
to inform the public, you know. So like it's it's funny that you know dollars and cents pretty much could work in tandem with the CIV yeah. society and whatever stuff. The dollars imp- and cents society. Definitely, <laughs> 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 if you could look into that more, you know. So like you know it's something like that. Like and like I think financial literacy and financial education is very big out there and something that I think a lot of Bahamians are more and more interested. Like I've also been to a few of the events that the CIA Society have hosted and I've seen the steady and constant growth of persons coming out. The last one I was to on mortgages it was a park room. You know, so persons was in there, it was a standing room. So it's good to see that persons out there because see, as millennials now we, we look at it and even as Bahamians like some simple stuff that we overlook, you know, simple stuff like getting a mortgage, all the difficulties and challenges in terms of that, you know, and there's something that we have to look at, you know, we want to, I want to see a society where young persons in our country, you know, be able to get a mortgage on their own, you know, not necessarily you have to be married or, you know, I got to stick with my girlfriend yeah. in order to, you know, so we can qualify for this mortgage, you know? So, like, those are the things. And so the CFA Society does events like that to show you some stuff, what can be done so you could attain those stuff. And it's all about savings. It's all about budgeting and investing and those simple stuff that we talk about all the time. But it's the key. All right. One thing I would say about our events... Uh, we're not trying to sell anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's honest, uh, genuine advice. And, you know, I always, I, well, I tell people, I don't take advice from somebody who's trying to sell me something. Mm. So, you know what I mean? The, the conversation that we have may be different from when you go to maybe a seminar that maybe a bank or an insurance company or whoever else may be having. So it's more so candid information. Um our opinions based on you know our research and that kind of stuff so no so so that's good like that that brought me like to this train of thought right so there were as we all know like there are financial literally like seminars like all in the states are like in ballrooms where like you have a sit-down session of cfas cpas um, financial analysts, insurance persons. Like, how do you feasible, like, okay, Raw Fidelity, if I'm not mistaken, has a conference primarily strictly dedicated towards women. Yeah. You know, and I think they have that annually every year. Yeah, that's, I, that, they have like, a whole lot in free body, didn't you? Yeah. And so, like, the idea, right? What about a possibility of having something like a financial conference open to the general public for, like, possibly, like, a weekend for, like, mm-hmm. You know, for CFAs, CPAs, persons and investment persons and pensions and insurance to pretty much sit down and talk and open it. Like, I think stuff like that is what I don't know if the CFA decided those are the stuff that they're trying to gear up to because having their sessions at UB is good. But I think the ultimate end goal is those stuff to see those stuff and make it, you know, even charge a fee for persons to come and sit down. And it's not a place where, okay, you're selling a product. Persons come and just find general information about, okay, about pension information, about insurance information, investment information. And I'm confident that our country has evolved and persons have evolved that they would definitely pay a small fee or whatever it is to come and sit down and listen to top-tier professionals in our country. Right. So outside of um, the financial literacy uh, series that we have, which, like I mentioned, is like... it's normally divided into five different nights where each night we discuss a different topic. Uh, obviously, we can't touch on everything, mm-hmm. but throughout the year, we also have different speaker events. Uh, one of the things I look to restart this year, we used to have like a lunch speaker where pretty much we rent out a room inside a nice restaurant, 
have a local speaker come to discuss you know whatever the topic may be at the time um past speakers i've been for instance michael halkitas at the time he was the minister mm-hmm. um so we do stuff like that on a smaller scale i think on a larger scale companies like royal fidelity uh, i think cfal also had a, a seminar recently as well but uh, royal fidelity does a business economic outlook uh seminar that's an all-day thing uh, and like I said, I think CFAL recently started their own seminar where they had uh, Peter Turnquist mm-hmm. um, talking as well. And I believe the government also has a um, business outlook, both in Nassau and I think uh, one of the family islands. So you do have those type of um, events. Now, whether or not the CFA Society will host one of those, um, I don't know. I don't know. That's something. That's something to consider. But... The thing about it is, by making it too broad or, or too too narrow, yeah, you know, I mean, it's something it's something we we have to consider because when you're talking about financial professionals, things might be on a much higher level in terms of the discussion, um, how technical it is, um, and that stuff may not necessarily be relevant to somebody who's trying to learn how to save and and, and invest. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. Something to look at. Something to look at. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll definitely, definitely take it into consideration as to like doing something on a much grander scale to that extent. Yeah, yeah. well, that's good. Like I say, and that's one of the key things. Like I say, um, definitely. Like I say, as the president now, you know, that's a huge task. That's definitely something that no CFA society could look at. What we could try to do to make things happen. So we're going to talk, like, pretty much this is our final topic. So, you know, we, there's financial unrest, like, among Bahamians and millennials, if you ask. I'm sure if you take your own independent survey, if you ask persons if they're happy with where they are financially, most persons probably tell you no. Are they happy with they getting paid? No. You see the doctors striking. You know, we have some, you know, a lot of, you know, financial unrest and, you know, what do you think is the re- do do you can and Jay wanna ask you this thing once you get mm-hmm. first started, it? Like do you think the financial unrest is due to person's inability to save or budget or is just simply they're not making enough money? I think um it's a it's a case by case basis, um, first of all. But I think we need we need to realize time's changing now. Mm-hmm. Whereas we used to be in a, or the country used to be in its own little bubble where whatever happening here is pretty much the way of the line. But when you have so much people going off and being exposed and you exposed new cultures, exposed to different things and have more potential, when you come back, like how Jerome said, like he wanted to come back. When you come back and now you see what's here as to what you potentially get, potentially could get somewhere else. Like that, that causes a. Mm-hmm. Some sort of disgruntledness because now it's like, yo, I know what I deserve, and it's bigger than just us because we ain't just we ain't just working with just Bahamians. We have global talent here as well, mm-hmm. so I know what I deserve on a global standard. I can't get half of that or as much as that here, and then other other chance other times, it's certain things that we never we never were taught. Like we was mentioning financial literacy and the CFA society, certain certain lessons, the older generation they were they were never privileged to. Yeah. Like like those lessons were were 
were only for the upper class. So now is certain people they starting off at a disadvantage because they don't know about investing. They don't know about the brokerage account, like how we would have mentioned about business and things like that. They never had privilege because that wasn't something mentioned in the home. So now they're trying to fight back and it's like, you know what? Hey, this is what I need, but I, I can't get it because I only hear. I want to invest or I see what um, basics happening now, but I can't invest because this minimum wage and the cost of living don't balance out. Yeah. You know, so what you think, um, Mr. Jerome Franks, Mr. CFA, <laughs> Mr. CBA, Mr. President of the CFA Society, like why do you think there's financial unrest? I feel as if personal financial unrest, like among, you know, behemoths and millennials on the job. Is it a balance of not making enough money or people just not being able to live within their means? Hmm. Uh, I think I think it's it's a couple of things. It's a couple of things. Uh, one of my one of my friends recently said to me, he said when he was uh, I guess coming out of high school, he told his dad he wanted to be a professional pianist. Mm-hmm. And his dad said <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine what his dad said. So I said, son, I don't make no money in Nassau. <laughs> you know, right? I think I think one of the, I mean, it, it's it's sad to say, but it, it's also a reality. Certain professions don't make money in Nassau. That's no. just that's just what it is, right? So whether it's right or wrong, that's not for me to say. That's just what it is. So if you're if you're young. And you have to make a decision as to what type of lifestyle you want to have, uh, what type of standard of living you want to have. If you if you want to, you know, live fancy or lavishly or whatever, you like to go, you know, on trips. You like, you know, restaurant. You like living good. Yeah. Right. You know, you you probably need a career that that, that could um you know sustain that. And. I don't think people really take into account, you know, the type of lifestyle they want to have or the type of money they're going to need to sustain this lifestyle when they're picking a career. I think a lot of times people pick their career on emotion. I still like to do this. I'm good at this. Let me go do this as my career. But that career may not make a lot of money. And not, not to pick on anybody, but we do know certain professions uh, historically, historically, a low pain, right? I'll, I'll give. Uh, Don't upset te- nobody now. No, I mean it's, it's general, <laughs> general information, right? I'll give, I'll give teachers uh, as an example because everybody knows uh, to be a teacher, you you, you make that sacrifice. You're not going to yeah. be making. It's a service. Yeah. All right, 70, 80 grand in Nassau. Uh, it just it, maybe maybe at the at, at the university level, I don't know, but yeah. definitely at the high school, primary school level, it just it's just not going to happen. Yeah, you don't go in there for the signing bonus. Right. So that's a choice you have to make. It isn't it isn't fair for you to decide to go that route as uh, um for a career, and then. Once you there, complain about complain about not getting paid enough. I mean, granted, I can understand you complain because we all want to make more money, and definitely cost of living is going up, right? But but honestly, teachers haven't been making that much from we were in high school, right? So basically, understand what you're getting yourself into ahead of time. Yeah, I think I think that that's that's I think that's the first step, right? Uh, I think another another part of it. 
I think people people tend to be disgruntled when they feel like maybe their their income isn't rising with the cost of living. Mm. Um, I think that was the case with a lot of um, government employees. Uh, they feel like, well, they've been on a job 10, 20 years, and they're not making more than probably what they would have been making when they first started. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe if they are making more, it hasn't it hasn't kept up with the rate of inflation. Maybe. Uh, my question, my question to that, and even though I said government workers, I'm not picking on anybody, right? But because it, it, it's also in the private sector as well. Yeah, we ain't meeting you, right? Shirley from the Registrar General. We ain't meeting you. All right. See, the thing is, the thing is, when you when you go on a career path, or once you start a job, you have to continually invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. If you just go, if you get your degree and you go on a job and you work that job and you don't necessarily say, all right, well, let me study this uh, uh, certificate or let me uh, maybe take up another trade or or another degree while I'm I'm in school. Because a lot of people do online uh, education, you know, whilst they work. In other words, if this money you make early on, if you don't invest it in yourself, 10 years down the road, you know, how much has your value really increased Please. in terms of what you could demand mm-hmm. from a salary? So, whereas you might be crying, but all your employer hasn't, you know, increased your salary to keep up with the rate of inflation, the question really is, all right, if you were to leave that employer and go somewhere else, are you going to get a significantly higher salary? Because uh, if that's the case, then just go somewhere else. Yeah, from the jump. Uh, but if the answer is no, then you see where the problem is you haven't you haven't taken the initiative to really increase your value yeah and and so that's the biggest thing so like you definitely say you so you cannot just pretty much lay dormant and expect okay so you know you have to maximize and continue to increase yourself yeah. and make sure like like jay said as well you got to make sure budget and prioritize and learn and learn about stuff that can be able to help you Gather or ganda, what it is? What is it? Gather and what? I forget the other G word is. Gather the ganda. Yeah, something like that. That's not like a branch. Yeah, you know. But like those are the things that must be done in order for you to excel, you know. And so it's not a modest say, you know. Persons, you know, the old saying I remember people say, you know, it don't matter how much you make, is what you do with it. And, you know, and mm-hmm. so we also have to take that mindset as well as empowering and making sure you better yourself mm-hmm. in the future and for the market. You know, so like at this point now, we're just going to go. We're going to give something called we have something called drunk or imparting sense. You know, we're just going to let everyone give their last pretty much their last word. And then we're going to wrap up the episode. So, Jay, what you guys say? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I can piggyback off of what Jerome said. And it's like invest in yourself. We know that the, um, the unrest right now, whether it be displeasure with the salary cap or whether it be just not receiving your rights it, once you uh, once you invest in yourself you put yourself in a better position or give yourself more leverage to to demand if the if the doctors didn't invest in themselves and put position themselves to a certain extent they wouldn't be able to say have the leverage to say make these demands and plus if you invest in yourself that open up you to a new category of jobs where you could be in the top paying job field right now so that's my impart that's my last bit of sense right there mm-hmm. Um, definitely. I'll, I'll piggyback off of Jay and also shameless plug. Um, one of the initiatives that the CFA also offer is the CFA uh, fund, 
foundations certificate uh, that's really geared towards people that aren't in investment management it gives you an understanding of you know financial markets investing and that kind of stuff it's really geared towards like maybe if you're in trust it engineering whatever it is the whole point is to educate you so that you could take advantages you could take advantage of a cable bahamas or other other um you know investment opportunities that that may present itself uh but also goes into investing in yourself and you know as jay was saying regardless of your field always look for an opportunity to better yourself uh add value to yourself so that you know when there is an opportunity or perhaps you may want to create an opportunity to move to that next level i think i think investment is investment in yourself is probably the first and most important investment anyone should make so yeah i definitely say uh if it's if 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 people don't remember nothing else i would say remember invest in yourself and also check out the cfa uh institute website cfa or cfa institute.org sorry um and also shameless plug again we have our kickoff event thursday september 5th at breezes hotel uh, it's mainly geared towards persons that are interested in the cfa program uh, you don't have to necessarily be wanting or intend to take it right away, or but if you do, I guess plan to or interested in taking it in the future, uh, definitely come out and and you know get as much information as you can. This is all a part of investing in yourself, and also there's a big networking session afterwards. Stick around, network with the CFA charter charter holders and other young professionals. Okay, well, that's good. Well, me, pretty much all I want to say is this episode is that take a look at the local market. There's some gems out there that you may have overlooked. Uh, I think we dropped a gem tonight, uh, today, talking about, you know, okay, well, let's take a look at some stuff, look at the market. And, you know, when you see this stuff happening, don't be... Um, don't hesitate to ask, you know, slide inside the DMs, you know. So yeah. if any questions, you know, and we go from there, yeah. you know. And as we move forward, like I said, Cale Bahamas, look at those stocks. Like I'm not, not giving a plug or whatever. We ain't getting no odds from Cale Bahamas. Yeah, they ain't you know, But like I say, those are some of the things that you could possibly look at. Oh, yeah. One more thing. Um, If you want more information on CFA or anything discussed here, if you would like to reach out, you can contact me on LinkedIn, Jerome Franks, or you can email me, Jerome Franks, at Outlook.com. Okay, yeah. And the CFA have a Facebook page, right? Yeah, CFA also has a Facebook page. You can reach out to us on there as well. Yes, sir. And any more questions? Anything we discussed that you don't agree with? Something that you'd want us to go more in depth on? Use the hashtag dollars and cents. QSDM is always open. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You know, yeah. thanks for having me, guys. I definitely enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Youngest, no problem. I appreciate it. Thank you all. Y'all have a good night. See y'all next episode.